Well, I guess it's weird to have a lore lad when it's just the two of us, right? I think it's, it's even a dual lad situation, right? Right. Yes. We both have um, more free-flowing powers. Yeah, the sort of the wizard of the uh, east and the wizard of the west situation. Exactly. North, kind of so? a wizard of Oz duality situation. Yeah. Right. Those were which? What is it? What was the what was the epithets of like? Um, Careful. <laughs> Gan- <laughs> Gandalf and uh, Saruman. It was Didn't Gandalf have... the Grey and Saruman no. the White. No, I know, but like, then they have. I thought they had like directional names. I thought they had oh, like fuck. East and West. No, I think you're right. Uh, no, I think they have color names because there were also the Blue mm. Wizards and uh, Radagast the Brown. Radagast, my boy. Rad- That's you, by the way. If this, I if, am aware. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> viewers, if you want to picture Zach Chessman. He's got bird shit in his hair at all times. <laughs> he's permanently tweaking on whatever forest <laughs> mushroom he's eaten. I do feel a little bit more Brom-like sometimes. Mm. Brom was in there, right? Wait, is that yeah, a, Brom is that a was in The Hobbit, the bear dude. Yeah. No, that's yeah, Bjorn. Bjorn, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I bought a Lego Star Wars set for myself as a treat. Ooh. Moving in, and now I have General Grievous's little starfighter, and I'm just sliding his cockpit back and forth. That's uh, okay. Phrasing. Um. I always loved <laughs> cockpit. Do not edit that. I always loved cockpits. <laughs> <laughs> as, even as a youth, I would make, I would build little cockpits for myself inside a closet or like a small enclosed space. Yeah. Uh, and then make like little fake control, control surfaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever a Lego miniature, whenever I got one, I would always want to build the cockpit for. That's the part of these things that fascinates me the most. And so I relish like every detail that they put in there. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. I always, yeah, I always had a love of confined spaces as a child <laughs> and layers. <laughs> I, I think, I, it makes me it reminds me of a uh, one time they have this thing called. Um, uh fuck what is it called summer tech summer tech oh shit was that what is that i don't remember if that was what it there's a few different ones camp invention that's what it was oh i've heard of camp invention yeah yeah camp invention uh one time there was a there was a they have like classes where you like you build stuff like throughout the week as like how it's sort of organized like a like a week of different uh, rooms you go to to build and like we had a team that was building a rocket ship and like everyone everyone in the class was building a rocket ship we were on this team and there was a schism because these idiots were building a cockpit instead of building a rocket ship like they were building a rocket ship that was so big that you could sit in it and we had and to throw it at the end of this and the whole point of this was throwing it well that's the team i was a part no. of and i directed <laughs> oh my God. that initiative i was uh, like so mad at them that i split up and made my own fucking rocket ship even when we built rockets in high school do you remember i built hmm. a little chair secretly inside the rocket and put a little plastic man in there sitting in the chair and glued him in Oh, see, but that's, uh, and no one could see it, and I just knew it was there. Uh, but that's, that's cool. the kind of weird obsession I have with that kind of shit. But uh, this is Thirty Minute Worlds. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. Walter and Zach here today right. in a dual lore lad situation, kind of a dueling prompts. We can pick 
We don't even have to pick prompts. I think, Chessman, I, if you have a cool idea and I have a cool idea, uh, we could merge that together into a setting so we can get more specific. Well, so, you know, I've, I, I don't know. I've, I've been, I, I'm on this, I'm been on this kick of, um, I am trying to create a setting for, uh, West March's game, mm-hmm. uh, that's gonna, that's gonna launch who knows when, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, and I'm just, uh, I've, I've gone through in the past, I've gone through like three or four different permutations of like that sort of frontier, um, setting. There's so many different like ages and like varieties of frontier that you could go to. Um, like You're the talking first one, sort of a an un an uncorrupted expanse to explore. Sure, I mean that's well, a, that's a pretty powerful idea. Every wherever you go, that's like there's always somewhere else, someone else that's been there before you, but it in a very different way, in a, in a similar way, it's like. This is, uh, you know, America didn't have 300 years ago. We didn't have people crawling over all across it. Or we did. I mean, we did. 500 years ago? (laughs) 400 years ago? 1492, 500. Yep. Yeah, 500. Let's say 500. 500 years ago. Okay. Oh, uh, I had an idea for a setting where, uh, okay, so people, do you want to get into the nitty gritty of like this weird idea I had? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... uh, I, it came to me kind of, uh, people don't die, uh, when it's time <laughs> for their, when, it, when it's time for their death or when it's okay. time for them to be mortally wounded, they, uh, break, uh, which means that their hair turns white. They stop getting hungry. Uh, they start to visibly kind of like deteriorate and they internally feel a lot of pain. And mm. when someone breaks in the setting, it is common knowledge that you are put on what's called like a tomb ship, which are ministered by these tomb priests and sent out across the sea to wherever it is that broken people go, which could be this new frontier that you're talking about. So so what I'm hearing, because it started off, it kind of sounded like um, uh, wherever Bilbo goes at the end of... Kind of the elves? Yeah. Yeah, like when they know it's their time to die. Right. Um, but at the end, the, but it, what it also sounds like is Dark Souls. This happens in uh, Lord, Lordron. Uh, is it Lorwyn? Lord, I think it's Lordron. Lordran. It's been a while. Uh- <laughs> it kills me because it sounds exactly like Lordron, like, like World of Warcraft. I, it's in, or Warcraft, sorry. Uh, uh, where they, they send these undead that have like lost their humanity or something well these people aren't undead they're still Mm -hmm. recognized as heroes in fact uh you can theoretically in this setting take wounds that should kill you and not break if you're heroic enough Mm -hmm. you could live a very long life uh it depends on the measure of the person pretty much but eventually it happens to everyone now it was probably rumored in the past that we used to die like animals did but mm-hmm. something happened and caused this to happen instead. Well, it's so it's weird because what? So if you don't die, you just break, right? Right. So that means that this frontier is full of broken people. 
Right. Um, right. Is there any way to like truly die or at least to be out of the world? Uh, you can, I mean, we don't have to get into the like scientific mm-hmm, mutilating mm-hmm. aspects. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You can like cut off your head and you are practically, you know, for practical purposes, a dead person, right? Right. Well, uh, you're a head. Yeah. Back when this phenomenon, oh, maybe back when this phenomenon first started happening, uh, they were burying, they were killing broken people because they thought they were zombies, right? Or burying right. them alive or doing terrible things to them. Mm-hmm. What would be neat is if maybe there is a group of people who don't break, huh. they die in the natural way, kind of like, and, uh, these that kind of stokes like a religious conflict of some sort like maybe these people are seen as either greater or lesser than the people who break i think they might be seen as well i guess it depends it, it uh who who you who you're talking about who's who's uh i'm sure they would be seen differently by different uh cultures like it makes sense to me that the natives of this frontier world, this frontier uh, that people are getting sent to, the natives would not be, would be unbreakable. No, unbreakable sounds like they're not. Uh, but they die in the normal way, like right. animals typically died in this setting, and like humans used to. Right. Let's talk about this frontier, because that's, you know, something we should touch on. I, I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around what the life cycle of a broken that gets sent to this place, like, I'm trying to let that lead through what this place looks like, because, like, you're, you're, you break and you get sent to this place, you land on the shore, um, and is there already a society waiting for you? Like, does there, the were, broken, there were kind of have it? to be, and... Mm. maybe it's other broken people collected by these seafaring uh, priests and sent to this mm-hmm. new frontier. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the frontier is like the remnants of some kind of afterlife or what we used to consider an afterlife. Right. Well, like um, maybe the reason that we send people here is so that they can go through Similar to, like, the stages of grief, but, like, go through an ordeal to pass on. Well, this would make sense, like, uh, if the afterlife for humanity was, if something happened to it, it would also probably fuck up the way we die. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, And so that could be why breaking actually occurs, is something untold or something unknown as of yet happened to the afterlife, and we can kind of figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. And ever since that happened, death was kind of put on pause uh, for a lot of being, you know, until in a spiritual sense, things were sorted out, except they never were. Yeah. Well, so either somebody tried to stop, um, somebody tried to, this always happens. I don't want to go to a wizard did it, but like, it's, I feel like it would be one way to do that would be like a, a wizard or somebody tried to basically 
free everyone from death in this way by like cutting off the afterlife. Maybe but not it, one wizard, but a right. cadre of wizards, perhaps. Like a whole society, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so these, this frontier, this broken land, mm-hmm. uh, did they just maybe take the afterlife someplace else inadvertently? Or did they just, you know, with magic, destroy it? Because that would determine what kind of uh, settlements or former structures the broken people would find in their day-to-day here. Well, so I think it would, I think there's like two ages of this, right? There's, well, I, well, three, if you count like before the breaking, um, like, so you have the one age where everybody dies normally and then you have, then you have an age where, um, after this, these wizards or whatever have severed, like severed the connection with the afterlife Mm -hmm. and now you have in this there's this age where nobody can die and nobody can pass on there's no there's no way to uh do that right then right somebody maybe establishes like breaks through to the afterlife and maybe that's what people are pilgrimaging to find Uh to go to like your pilgrimage is to go through this like last only portal to the afterlife. Okay. Okay. So there is an afterlife somewhere in the broken lands or some, uh, yeah. Remnant of it that people are seeking out kind of an almost yeah. El Dorado like place. Yeah. Okay. And maybe it's not a direct link, right? Like maybe, uh, after this long, like journey through the broken lands, you have to go through a few, like layers of reality before you actually get to the afterlife. But right. essentially, yeah. yeah. So uh, these broken people, we establish them, their life before they arrive is probably constant pain. Dude, I just... But once you kind yeah. of arrive in the broken lands, I'd imagine, because your soul is kind of where it's supposed to be. It's where closer. It was, yeah, it's closer. You're actually able to kind of live as you were. So they would have some societies. They still can't die, uh, which is like fairly interesting because mm-hmm. they would probably, you know, depending on the tech level of this place, retaliate against the tomb priests who brought them there or whatever that happened. Maybe. I th- I think uh, being this uh, being broken for long enough, you, uh, you would start to lose like what makes you like human, I guess. Yeah. That's a good point. Over like a long time though, like maybe you could be broken for multiple lifetimes, but even so slowly, like maybe there was a first King of the broken that like established himself and like maybe he's still there, but now yeah, he's absolutely the, there's no insane. death. And so the only way to overthrow like a monarchy of these people would be a coup. Yeah, really. So now he's a little bit like the um, he's a little bit like the um, um, the emperor in a uh, 40k. He's he's mostly. I mean, I don't know if people pray to him as a god, but like he's basically confined to his chair. And there's a court that just rules around him, essentially. Well, if he's less and less human, do you mean that emotionally? Like, he's more and more uh, 
he's less and less empathetic. He's losing aspects with parts of himself that we cherish. Because uh, that could be, it would be disturbing mm-hmm. if the first wave of colonists uh, to this space, uh, are, the people who've been broken the longest, uh, have kind of descended into an uncaring, almost like sociopathic view of how things are. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, um, like, um, losing your connection with other humans. Exactly. Exactly. And so these newcomers who arrive, uh, they're getting told that they're being taken like to where they're supposed to be, which is true. Like these emissaries on the ships Mm -hmm. are taking them where they're supposed to be. It's just that, uh, when they arrive there, they find that other broken people have set up shop and they've been ruling from there for hundreds of years and their government's crazy, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, nobody can die. Oh, if no one can die, that makes it more horrifying because if you have yeah. like a legitimately punitive government or regime, think of the like torturous things you could inflict on an undying uh, populace. Oh, God, right. no, or it would be terrible. Dissent. It would be horrifying. Yeah, yeah. And think of how you would silence dissenters. I mean, you can't kill them, but you can bury them alive in a locked coffin somewhere out at the edge of the broken lands, and they're never going to get found. It would be an yeah. unendurable, like, hellscape to live in this government. You, you would have people that were buried hundreds of, like, hundreds of years ago, right? Like, you would have people that get, like, Basically, you take a dirt nap, and then they wake up, and they're underground. And then a hun- few hundred years later, the like the <laughs> it's like the sand blows off of them, and they get up. <laughs> and there's a, and the it, well, there's the same king, which is which is crazy, but yeah, um, <laughs> God. So this yeah. this broken king, what's what's he like, and what's his name? Um, ooh, ooh, yeah. How what what's in a name? Um, Hiram, Hiram McDaniel's. Hiram McDaniel's king no, of the broken. No, that's a character. In, <laughs> that's a character in Welcome to Night Vale. It's a it's oh, a nine headed. Okay, okay, okay. It's a nine headed fire breathing dragon. Five headed fire breathing dragon. Um, go we'll, um, go listen to Welcome to Night Vale. It's a much better podcast than, <laughs> than this it, podcast. It is. It is very good. Uh, Numbers is a very good episode. Um, but watch it in order. Um, listen to it in order. Don't watch it. There's nothing to see. Um, good king names. Good king names. Arthur. No. How about Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> <laughs> about- Timothy Chalamet does sound like some sort it, of like yeah, eccentric you know, it's, French king. It's like an Orleans type of name. Yeah, Timothy uh, the Fourteenth. <laughs> Timothy the Fourteenth. Good King Timothy. Uh, I actually, I'm into that. Yeah, like it's mandated. You have to call him <laughs> King Timothy, who rules over the dominion of heaven, is what he would call it. But really, it's referred oh. to casually as the broken lands. And since, oh, fuck, since there are no broken people that the tomb priests like allow back on the ships, mm-hmm. the people back home who have been in contact with these tomb sailors long enough that they kind of believe that going against them would be like religious profanity they don't know what they're sending their relatives into either yeah no one knows yeah Uh, occasionally there will be um like if someone does come back over someone manages that they 
are like feral and unrecognizable at this point. So like, well, it could be too that the tomb priests actually do cross some sort of threshold when mm. they go over, you know, cause mm-hmm. it was once the afterlife. Uh, right. And what used to be done automatically now has to be done by these groups of, we could call them like uh, nautical angels, nautical angels. Yeah. Huh. Seafaring angels and priests. If you're going into another world, it could be that there's not a not a wall or but like this very gradual um like like maybe it's maybe the whole ocean or the whole sea that you cross is one gigantic veil. That uh, makes sense. And you know, parts of it are normal sea, but the further and further out you go toward the mm-hmm. broken land that's where humanity was not meant to go. Yeah. So it could be instead of, because I'm all, obviously I'm as, as an American, I'm trapped in the idea of when you sail to a new land, that it is sailing east to west across an ocean. Right. I kind of was thinking that too. But it's possible, it's possible it's a much smaller land, like, and it could still be like a, oh, like it could be just a big island in, uh, in a, in the sea, like in in the middle of the Mediterranean or something. Or maybe you sail through a big uh veil in the middle of the sea and it and you pass through into this other world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that would be yeah. Like there's a veil they pass through and they go in this other world and then like the process of um like the broken that actually want to try to pass on to the afterlife. There's a there's a a few more veils that they have to pass through. Um, and because there's, it's not the real afterlife anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all sorts of inconveniences there that make for an unjust society. Like a uh, language barrier still exists, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the babble sort of right, thing. Right. Like they haven't figured that out. There's no uh, common language really that's, Pretty much the language spoken by the king uh, mm-hmm. yeah. is the l- language of the land. And they probably used to be more lenient on that back when everyone was sane. But, hey, the longer you remain here uh, deprived of the afterlife, you're a ghost in a human body. You're a malicious spirit right. uh, that can still eat and drink. And you become, like, angry that you haven't passed on. Yeah, right? like- yeah. And that anger, too, I mean... The more angry you are, if you're in power, you have capability to do terrible things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got so far, we've got, uh, there was a breaking, like, uh, where the afterlife was broken, and it means mm-hmm. that people don't die anymore. They break, and they get shipped over through the veil into this other world. That used to uh, be the afterlife, yeah. That used to be the afterlife, but now the afterlife is what broke, Right. Uh-huh. That's why people, yeah, yeah, that's why people can't yeah. die in the traditional sense anymore. Right. So we've got the one, we've got the one king that's like the the king in this world. What is there other, are there like other factions that are I there? I think there would be a, uh, well, the rebels would be really focused on uh, retrieving either, they'd either be focused on exploration. So there could be an explorer faction which is mm-hmm. like, let's found yeah. our own governments like further to the east. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Further away from the reign of good King Timothy. But there could also be uh, the internal rebel faction, the more urban faction, which is kind of like, uh, let's find out who's getting whacked or who's getting buried at what place, and we can go find them and dig them up. They're called the Grave Diggers. Oh, yeah. And they basically get involved uh, trying to drum up dissent against the current government. Yeah, and they... Well, because, oh, yeah, because, oh, I didn't think about that. If if you've buried people, then, uh, like, like if the if the king buries people that are dissent, that dissent against him, mm-hmm. then you have a bunch of, like, free pawns that you can just dig up, and they're totally on your side if they right, haven't gone crazy right. yet. Which, so, like, uh, the grave diggers would be, like, finding old um, grave... Like mass, like grave sites that in tombs that they hadn't, uh, that haven't been unearthed yet, and like maybe they have to fight like feral broken that are in there. Oh hell um, yeah! Oh, but you know what? Once you started, once people started doing that, they used to just bury dissenters out in the middle of nowhere. But mm-hmm. once the people in power realized they started, uh, they started digging for them to dig them up. They started building walls around graves and making mass graves that are heavily guarded in the middle of urban population centers. Oh, God. Yeah. And so a big part of uh, the gravediggers identity is trying to great escape their way into these massive grave complexes. Oh, yeah. It's like a mega dungeon. Yeah, trying to fucking bank heist your way into getting 10,000 new followers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because it wouldn't make any sense. Like, like, I I guess they could, they build this, basically build a gigantic pit and Uh just throw everybody into it. And the dungeon is to protect the entrance to the pit. Right, right. right. And to, yeah, exactly. Because when you think about like a colony too. Building a jail to house all these people and like having to feed them or even not feeding them is like way too inconvenient. You need like iron and stuff for bars. You need to construct, Mm -hmm. you know, any jail you constructed would basically be like a series of obelettes or oubliettes. Oubliettes. So the resources you have at hand, though, there's plenty of dirt everywhere. You can just bury motherfuckers. Oh, and we both played Dwarf Fortress, which is the setting the best setting for throwing people off of cliffs into caves and just forgetting about them. Uh, that's, that's the best oubliette there is, is an entire fucking cave system <laughs> that might be filled with some sort of like Titan entities that who knows, like who cares? Oh my God. So we have, we have three, we have four factions here. Really? We have the tomb priests. Okay. We have, the royal uh, household. Mm-hmm. We have the grave, the grave diggers, robbers, grave and then grave we diggers. have the Easterners, or the people who okay. are more like, "Let's go east, fuck this government," and maybe like there's another government out there too, out east. Yeah, uh, I'm imagining like it's vast enough to house every human that had ever died before. It's the afterlife, so there's plenty of land out there. Right. 
I think um, the further you go out east, right, like the closer you're getting to like a place to like uh, like where you would ascend, right? Like theoretically, so, yeah, yeah. Although no one knows how to do it, right. whether it's well, going to look like a rip in space or what the hell. Yeah, I mean, nobody comes back, right? Like if you, well, some if people you have to come back because other, otherwise there wouldn't be an explorer's faction. Yeah, but nobody ever comes back all the way, right? Like they go. No, I mean, like if if somebody finds the gate, or maybe because of the way it's broken, I do it, think. It's yeah, never I do think people place. should disappear, right? Yeah. Which hints at them having ascended to the afterlife, right? Um, so these Easterners are like striking out, like maybe, and, and they're sort of fractitious, right? Like it's they're not necessarily all under one like king for instance they're oh yeah like definitely a, not uh like i'd tribal. imagine a lot of eastern sort of governments would start like uh well this is this is as far east as we've ever been let's establish kind of a base camp here mm-hmm. and then we can continue moving uh but then it just kind of turns like more and more people arrive and then like before you know it you're like you've become like just another city right. <laughs> yeah and that would that wouldn't sit well with them either. A lot of oh them. yeah oh ma- oh f- imagine if uh, you're one of these guys who just wanted to come out here and be like a frontiersman, like you're some sort of like Walt Whitman character, like transcendentalist, just wanted to be alone. And then they put you in charge of this fucking city, and then one day you're like, "Fuck this, I'm just leaving." And then the yeah, ca- and exactly. then the, the leader just fucks off because <laughs> everybody's like, like no Where'd one go, no one thought when they were sailing across the sea. Uh, that they were going to have to work a fucking job uh, in the afterlife, which is really <laughs> yeah. what this afterlife, you know, like. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I can't talk. I can't speak in tongues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't get to eat ambrosia salad all the time. Man, this sucks. Mm. I can't cut but my I head do off. Think, you know, because the. It is coastal. It does have that kind of diffusive property where there's more people on one side of this place or this continent, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would make uh, the initial kingdom in the Broken Lands, like the first founded kingdom, the most powerful. And they yeah. want to go eastward too. Uh, oh. They're slow and bureaucratic and they have a ton of, but they have a ton of manpower and uh, they're only slowed by internal dissent. Oh wait, okay. Um, oh well, we're we're getting we're getting kind of far along on time. I actually don't remember when we. Uh, st- we had a good but, six minutes of talking about nothing. I think right. <laughs> this, at the start. Yeah, of this. so we got enough time to explore this without just throwing it out there. Um, I had this I have this idea of so it's. Uh, if it was an island, right, it would be, it would have a coast on all sides. Um, mm. What if this, uh, when the afterlife was broken, that it created this sort of like, you know, sort of like the geometry of a black hole, sort of. Uh, I'm where, vaguely familiar with the fact that it's a hole. Yes, continue. Well, okay. So, like, imagine if, um, like the big it, thing that dips down. Well, imagine if, imagine there's like a tower that is that like it looks like it's a certain uh, distance away, but 
but then and this is very this is very welcome to Night Vale. Uh no spoilers, but um and you keep walking towards the tower and you keep walking over new land, mm-hmm. but you never actually get closer to the tower. Okay. Like 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 an island where the circumference of the coastline you can walk that like if you walk into the island you can always walk that distance around the island wherever you are it's like it's i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but like it the more the further you walk in the more land there is it's like this in it's like this inward expanse of like of just going it's like it's like a like imagine if you're walking on the inside of a cylinder more like I kind of understand more, what you mean. This is getting yeah. this is getting a bit sea of timey, so I am going to wind it back a little bit. I well, think I mean it's I oh, think go on, it, go on. I think that makes more sense than sea of time because like um oh well, I forget about the tower in the distance like I don't that's that's not that important. I mean no, maybe No, I'm just talking about the nitty-gritty physics. But uh, let's yeah, aspect. let's not get into the nitty-gritty physics, but the idea is like when the afterlife was broken it like punched a hole in reality and like now instead of going to this afterlife and just being in the afterlife you're like faded to like be forever on the periphery on the event horizon that's right oh that's really cool you're always passing close further you can only fall you fall further and further in and like Maybe the further you go in, the harder it is to come back. Just like because of how your soul is getting tugged forward. You don't want to go back west. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's interesting. I like that a lot, actually. God, mm. that's depressing. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it sucks. That's super depressing. But uh, I'm intrigued, too, by the possibilities, if you do run this as a game, of combat in a setting where people don't die. Uh, mm mm-hmm. For example, that mission, you have to incapacitate like those two guards without killing them. And if you wound Mm -hmm. them, they're going to scream for help. And combat in this setting would be much more, uh, if it's on large scale, it would be much more brutal, like taking measures to ensure people can't fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on small scale, it would be very covert. Yeah, you would have, um, you would be attempting to basically take somebody out all at once to like right um, right because you could still like knock somebody out probably like you could discombobulate yeah, yeah, them you probably it's could because they're still in a human body you know right they just can't yeah. die they can still suffer injuries and like uh have organ failure and shit like that but they can't die right. from it i do think it's a good opportunity to open up the idea of a confrontations to not be centered always or not necessarily be centered around fighting because like if you are a bunch of immortals like chances are you're not going to want to uh get on somebody's bad side if you don't have to right because nothing's more terrifying to you than the thought of like spending eternity with one hand as opposed to two hands like you have now right yeah oh yeah you if you if you screw up once right right uh Oh God, <laughs> that's rough. Oh, when you I get on someone's the, bad side and they chase you inward uh, for the rest of eternity, <laughs> like uh, I think it's 
we should impose stuff like a, you can heal from minor injuries like a normal because they're still in a human body, you know. But mm-hmm. you can't do things a human body wouldn't do. Like, you know, once you lose that arm, you can't sew it back on. This isn't, you know, modern day. Uh, right. It's a colony where all the resources are hoarded by an insane government. That must mean, like, a lot of people have prosthetics. Oh, that yeah. A ton. Like, uh, and probably not particularly, not great prosthetics, but, like, people, people um, for, like, thousands of years have been able to make pretty good prosthetics. Like, uh, like the, even the idea of a peg leg is, is, is a pretty neat idea. Mm -hmm. Um, or an arm that's a sword. (laughs) Well, what's funny is that, uh, certain professions, uh, that were, you know, valuable on earth become exponentially more valuable in this place. Mm -hmm. People with exploratory skills, people who can make prosthetics, uh, People who can, like, uh, they have a naturalist sense of, like, what water is clean to drink and what water shouldn't be drank. They're, like, right. highly prized over here. Right. And uh, some, you would also have um, people who are, the, there would be leaders that would have, uh, oh, like, people who can uh, remember uh, you know what? Blanking. I was trying to pull. I'm just trying to pull it back to like what the um what the kingdom would value. Like yeah. what kind of people would succeed in the kingdom? Because it wouldn't necessarily be explorers. Because mm, yeah, not necessarily most the, of it. the uh sort of exploratory rebel faction would value explorers. Yeah, a lot, and they'd reach out and they'd be like, "Hey, is it true that uh?" You explored all of Glimglandia, you know, before oh. you died. And he's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did that. You know, except yeah. they go through like nine interpreters establishing <laughs> that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Someone who knows like a polyglot, like someone who knows a lot of languages or has the knack for languages would be extremely highly oh, valued. The, because that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we can wrap it there, right? Yeah, We've run I, pretty I, think, long. I was just looking at the clock and I was like, oh man, I should start the ending crawl there. Well, yeah, the, the problem, of course, is that uh, Walter never knows when to stop the show. And I, I clearly have no agency here. He was the, he was the lore lad the entire time. <laughs> if y'all like this episode, go ahead and subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice to get new episodes every Wednesday. If you're feeling up for it, go ahead and write us a five-star mm-hmm. review. Share us with all your world-building friends. Our art, as always, is courtesy of the talented and wonderful Shell Tor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet at us, too, at LoreLads, or send us spirited hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Just a closing note here. My friend Zach Chessman oh, won... Uh, yeah, my friend Zach Chessman <laughs> won a Flash Fiction story competition in Fantastic Other magazine. It's a really great story called Foo Fighters. Uh, we're going to link it here in the description to this episode. But uh, be a doll. Support Zach. It's a really well-written story. And from me to you, man, I was really reading it. I felt really like inspired by it. So thank you. Wow. Yeah, that, um, that's a brand new uh, zine that just got started by a friend, uh, friends of friends. Um, 
that's at www.fantasticother.com. We'll just pin this, the link in the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the first issue they've ever done. Um, and uh, the other the other two... Uh, the other runners-up were... I think were pretty enchanting as well. Well, listen, I'm, I'm Mr. Brand Loyalty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. And as always, happy world building. <laughs>